Oh, we're so glad you've joined us today. So glad you've joined us on this Easter Sunday. We're so glad you're here. If Nova Church is your home, or if you're visiting, we are so glad that you've joined us at Easter at the Cohen. Amen. Kids, don't worry. You're leaving here with treats today. We got some treats for you. That's right, kids. Kids. That's right. Listen, Jesus gives us hope, and chocolate gives us energy. Amen. I want to read from Scripture today as we celebrate this Easter. For these next few minutes, I just want to encourage you, challenge you. I want to warn you, if you're not careful, hope will fill your heart today. Some of you are like, you're trying really hard not to feel the hope today. I want to let you know, if you're not careful, hope's going to push over those walls and flood you today. We're believing you're going to leave here different than you walked in. Matthew, Mark chapter 16, I'm going to read part of the Easter story, starting in verse 1 of Mark chapter 16. It said, Saturday evening when the Sabbath ended, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome went out and purchased burial spices so they could anoint Jesus' body. Jesus was crucified on the cross. He was buried in a tomb, and they were coming to finish the burial process. Because he was taken down, because there was persecution, because they couldn't get to him, they couldn't prepare the body that was custom, so they were coming to finish the job. Verse 2, very early on Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb, and on the way they were asking each other, who will roll the stone away for us? Scholars tell us this tomb was, this, this stone was around 2,000 pounds. Wasn't easily moved. In fact, they were concerned because they knew there were guards, and they were wondering if the guards would help them let, uh, and let them finish the burial process. And they're wondering as they get there, will these uh, soldiers help us? Two or three or soldiers aren't enough. We cannot do it. We're strong, but we're not that strong. How are we going to move this stone? Because we have to finish the job. It's our custom. Who will roll this stone away for us? From the entrance of the tomb, verse 4. But as they arrived, they looked up and saw that the stone, which was very large, has already been rolled aside. When they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a white robe sitting on the right side. The women were shocked, but the angel said, Don't be alarmed, for you are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He isn't here he is risen from the dead. Look, this is where they laid his body. Now go and tell the disciples, including Peter, that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. And you will see him there just as he told you before he died. It's interesting, this morning we celebrate Easter Sunday. And in this passage we just read today, these three women walk up on this tomb and they encounter the stone rolled and an angel waiting for them. What I just read to you today is the first words after Jesus rose from the dead. It's the first time heaven speaks after Jesus rose from the dead. In fact, what we just read in Mark 16 is the very first Easter sermon. And it was preached by an angel. Today, I, I didn't have AI write my sermon. Um, but I'm going to plagiarize the first sermon that ever was spoken. I'm just going to re-preach. I'm going to remix the first sermon that was ever spoken, that was preached by an angel. Now, I'm no angel. My wife tells me every single day. I'm no angel. But I'm going to re-preach 
in a few minutes the first sermon ever preached, because I believe that the angel in heaven wanted these women to know it then. And 2,000 years later, I believe heaven wants you to know it today. Four statements that the angel proclaimed from the empty tomb. They're needed then and they're needed now. Number one, the angel said, don't be alarmed. Do not fear. This first Easter service, this first Easter moment, these women, these disciples were in a place of fear. That's why he said, do not be afraid. You got to know, they'd given their lives to following Jesus for three years. They were following him. They were Jesus followers. They were learning from his teaching. They were following his ways. They had pushed all their chips into the middle. They had sold all out. All their eggs were in one basket. They said, this is our hope. This is our God. This is our, who we're following. And they were following Jesus. And in the last 72 hours of this story, their savior was arrested, put on trial, found guilty, and murdered and buried in a tomb. And at that moment, their hopes, their dreams were crashed, and fears arose. They were persecuted, they were being hunted, their future was unknown, and they were full of fear. I don't know about you, but I relate to some of the anxiety and fear of that day. We live in a fearful time. You just have to Google it. You just know it from your own life and your family's life that we live in a panic, fearful, driven generation. Me growing up, I never heard words like anxiety or panic or depression, but I have struggled with it. Many of you have struggled with it. And now in this generation, fear seems to be what drives us as a generation. You know, it's interesting. The angel was not in denial that day. It was a dangerous time. You need to know today, as we sit here in the middle, in the heart of our city, in this beautiful venue, that we are not in denial today when we sing these songs. We know we live in dangerous times. But the angel wanted them to know what we need to know today is that don't be alarmed because God is with us. Do not be alarmed. Do not be afraid. Isaiah 41.10. Don't be afraid. The Lord says, I am with you. Do not be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, and I will help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Easter tells us on this Easter Sunday, it's more than just beautiful dresses and bright colors. You need to know today, in a fearful generation, with anxiety and depression looming, that heaven wants you to know today, do not be alarmed. But the angel wasn't done there. He had another statement. He said, don't be alarmed. But then he said this. He said, you are looking for Jesus. You're looking for Jesus. You need to know our ultimate longing is for God. Our ultimate longing is for God. These words ring true 2,000 years later. We are still looking for God. There is something inside each one of us that is longing to be with God. We were made in his image. It is in our DNA and our design. There's something that is always pulled towards God. I believe one of the signs of this generation is a frustration. I think most of the frustration we feel is because we're not where we need to be and who we're supposed to be with, which is close to God. Everyone's looking for something. The old songs looking for love in all the wrong places. Where are my over 60 crowd? You know that song. What about the Rolling Stones? I still can't get no satisfaction. 
What about you too? Still haven't found what I'm looking for. There's my 40-year-olds. You know, I've learned is that there's a craving inside all of us. I don't know what your cravings are today, but I know as a culture, we're craving something. If we could just get a fill, if we could just get satisfied for acceptance, if we could just have that craving quenched to be seen, to be known, to be seen, to not feel invisible, to not feel like you're just, you don't exist, to maybe it's the craving of comfort. Life is so uncomfortable. Life is, it, it, you're just craving comfort. If I can just have that house or that car or that raise or that position, I just need more comfort in my life. Maybe it's fame. But for all of us, it's love. And we're craving these things. The void is real, but our pursuits have been wrong. Our pursuits have promised fulfillment, but they've only delivered emptiness. And because of that, we're frustrated. You can even feel the frustration in your life. There's something missing. And we crave God's image. And we're created in God's image. And we crave that completeness. And we can only find it in the relationship he offers. Some of you had a taste of it today during worship. Some of you came in here. Maybe you don't go to church. Or maybe it's been a long time. And you walked in here. And you're like, this is awesome. The lights are cool. It's a great venue. The band is awesome. But there was something more, wasn't there? At some point, you didn't sing it from here. You felt it from here. Like, man, this, you felt like you were where you needed to be with the right people at the right place. And some of you felt it today. You felt that there's something more than just this air you breathe and, the, and what you see, that there's something eternal, that there, what if there is a God? What if he knows me? What if he's calling me? What if he loves me? What if he has a plan for me? And you felt it during worship day. You got a taste of it. Maybe it felt like it overwhelmed you. Maybe it's the first time some of you have felt peace in a long time. You're like, man, what? I just feel so relaxed today. Others of you, it was emotion. You just feel like you're just trying to, it's just the waterworks. It's just you can't stop yourself from crying. Can I encourage you? That's more than emotion. That's more than beautiful lights. That's more than a beautiful sound. That's actually a taste of community with God, communion with God, relationship with God. There's others of you that you know that taste, you know that feeling, you know that relationship, but it's been a long time. You might go to church every week, you might be a part of the team that pulls this off, maybe you go to your church, or maybe it's been a long time since you've been in a church setting, you're like, man, people have been asking me to go to church for years, I don't know why I said this Easter I'd go. And you walked in, and it's almost like you had a, a flashback, it's almost like deja vu, and you felt something you haven't felt for decades. I want to remind you today that the God that loves you is still calling you to relationship there's a void that only he can fill. You are looking for Jesus. Don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus. The angel doesn't stop there. He goes on and says, he is risen. Don't be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus, but he's not here. He has risen from the grave. There is victory over death and the sin. It removes the sting of death when you know that he rose from the grave because he lives. All fear is gone. Everything changes when we realize that Jesus has risen. Church, don't be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus. He has risen. These women thought the story had ended. I've learned this story. Maybe you've heard it as a child. Never judge a book by its cover. That's not true. You should judge people by their Facebook. Come on, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Everybody has that one crazy uncle on Facebook. If you don't have a crazy uncle, it's you. <laughs> Every family's got one. 
We say, don't judge a book by its cover. I learned this, don't judge a season. Don't judge a life by a season. Can I encourage you with this? Don't judge a story by a chapter. These women thought their story was over. They thought we have given our lives to follow Jesus. And disappointment and fear walked in. And they said, that's it. The story's closed. It's come to an end. Because he lives. Listen, Jesus rewrote the ending of our lives. You need to know that life is real. But there is a life after this life. Heaven is real. And the choice is ours. But Jesus rewrote the ending. The resurrection changed everything. I think it's interesting that the women, it says they went to the tomb while it was just dark. It says that Jesus was risen before they got there. Jesus does his best work in dark places. You may have walked in here. You may be watching online. You're in a dark place. You need to know today that Jesus does his best work in dark places. You're in a dark place today, you're in a cold place today, you're in a lonely place today. Oh, you are a candidate for God to move in your life. He is risen, changes everything. Jesus defeated death so we don't have to. Jesus paid for our sin so we don't have to. He paid for our sin. I have some friends of mine that always pick up the bill whenever we go out to eat. Some of you need to get some friends like that. How many got friends like that? How many are friends like that? Okay, look at those hands, look around, befriend them in the lobby afterwards. I got some friends that no matter where we're eating, they just like, no, 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 I got the bill. They're so good, they'll go to the server before we eat and go, hey, by the way, the bills, give it to me. I used to struggle for the bill. I used to fight for the bill. I go, come on, come on, let's, let's split it. You got it last time, I'll get it this time. I used to even try to negotiate, like, listen, you get the meal, I'll get the desserts. Can we split it 50-50? You know what? I don't even try no more. Nancy looks at me, she goes, at least look like you're trying to pay for the bill. I'm like, no, there's no point fighting them for the bill. They just, they're generous, they want to pay for it. You know what? Some of you are still trying to fight for the bill and pay for your sin and your shame in your life. If I could just volunteer enough, if I could just go to church enough, if I could just be good enough, if I could just serve on that school board enough, if I could just give away enough at the community shelter enough, if I can just be, if I can just pay the bill of the shame in my life and the sin in my life and the gap that I feel, if I can only earn my way into filling this voidness. You need to know today that Jesus paid it all. Some of you are still trying to pay the bill for your sin. You can't afford it. You ever go to eat and check your bank account before you eat? Just me? Okay. You're transferring $3 from that account and $2 from that account? Is that just me? Come on. You're like, right, can we afford this? If we all get water, we can afford this. Some of you are not laughing because you know that's you. You're like, I don't know if we can afford to eat here. I'm like, it's McDonald's, you know. Can I encourage you today? You can't afford to pay for your sin. I don't care what car you drive up in. Doesn't matter what threads you have on. Doesn't matter what neighborhood you live in, you cannot afford to pay for your sin. He is risen. When our bill of sin came, Jesus looked at God the Father and said, just one bill, and give it to me. And he reached across eternity and the table of time and said, no, 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 I got this. Easter Sunday says the bill is paid. Easter Sunday said he's got you. That the God of more than enough said, no, no, you, I know where you've been. I know what you've done. I love you enough. I have you. But he has risen, paid the bill. 
Don't be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus, but he is risen. The angel doesn't stop there. He says, lastly, he says, just as he told you. Don't be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus. He is risen just as he told you. You need to know today, you can trust Jesus. You can trust God's word. In a world of fake news and spin and not knowing what's up or down, not knowing what's AI generated, not knowing what where truth comes from, you can know this today, that he said he would raise from the dead. Jesus raised from the dead. He said he forgave our sins, and he did forgive our sins. He said he'll never leave us, and he never has. He is trustworthy. You can trust Jesus today. Remember, as a teenager, when I was 19, I was wrestling with things. I remember being 19 going, I don't know what to do with my life. I remember wrestling with anger. I had a, an easy life. My parents were amazing. I grew up in a great community, but there was an anger inside of me that I couldn't deny. I had this rage inside of me. I had this loneliness and this fear, and in a moment similar to this, I had someone tell me that you need to know this. You can trust Jesus with your life. The two most important days in your life is, number one, the day you were born. Without that day, none of us would have been able to book tickets for this thing. The second day is when you find out why you had the first day. I want to encourage you today. When I was 19, I had a real encounter with Jesus. And he took the weight of sin off me. He paid the bill. He said, Mike, don't be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus. You're not looking for fame. You're not looking for money. You're not looking for uh, um, uh, a relationship. You're looking for Jesus. He said, he has risen just as he said. I remember being 19, struggling with, what am I going to do with my life? And who am I going to be with? And where am I going to go? And I remember I had all these questions, and I felt the presence of God as I read Scripture, and I read in Matthew 28, where Jesus says these words, and behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And here's what I've found, that he is trustworthy. Just as he said, like you, life has had beautiful moments and life has been very hard. And through it all, it is just as he said, he has been with me. I want to encourage you today that you're not alone. You may have walked in alone. You may feel like you're alone. You might be in a party of eight today. But God promised he'll never leave you nor forsake you. Don't be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus. He is risen, just as he told you. These women came to a tomb. Maybe you've come to the end of your rope. Today, I hope you hear heaven calling for you to come to an altar. They came to a tomb in fear. Maybe you've come in here and you feel like you're at the end of your rope, you're at the end of your road, you have nothing left, you don't know what, where to go next. Today I want to challenge you, I want to call you to come to an altar. In a moment, Brooke is going to lead us in this song. I just want you to reflect on this moment. That God is still calling people. He's still showing up in dark places full of fear and anxiety and saying these words. 
don't be alarmed. And all your searching and all your looking, and I want to tell you that you're looking for Jesus. Not just a historical figure, not just a person of poetry, not just a, a character in stories. He is actually risen, just as he said. Today, I pray that you come to an altar of decision to let hope rush in and understand the goodness of God.